welcome to the 100th episode of NFL Mayo. I'm Luke. I'm Aiden. Let's go on a journey, Aiden. Um, what, what, is, what is the centennial episode evoked? What is it stirring in my loins? Well, first, I want to let the audience know, because they're on the edge of their seat, we recorded about a half hour's worth of this episode already for my laptop to crash, and it's lost to the echoes of eternity. Um, and I was in a very optimistic state about many things, and I'm going to try to recapture said former glory. But what does the 100th episode mean to me? It means everything to me, Luke, because we started this podcast in the midst of a pandemic, political turmoil, social upheaval in the country, and personal uh, disaster in your family, and a lot of just things colliding into uh, justification and a reason for us to talk about football pretty much weekly for like three years now. And we've seen incredible seasons. We've seen dramatic finishes. We've seen point differential shrink. We've seen crazy quarterback trades that would have never happened in our youth. We've seen wide receiver trades that are bonkers with huge contracts flying around. Um, we saw a debacle happen with Cleveland's acquisition of a quarterback last offseason, and we covered it as honestly as we thought we could. And we're seeing other issues happening in this offseason. This has been a crazy time, and I'm so happy to have covered it with you. Oh, thanks, man. I That's well put. I think, and I think I said this last time, and I want to say it again because it's so Let's true. Go. It's fucking... <gasps> but really, it's like it's the Vikings having like several Angels in the outfield wins for me last season is is was like the cherry on top. If we ended the show here, I'd be fine. I know you wouldn't be because now you finally have Bears news for the first time in your life. But like... Mm. You know, I, I've my my upward my my arc my trajectory of the NFL Mayo a hundred episodes as a Vikings fan has been very nice. Like it's been like yeah, okay, you suck, you suck, but you're really close in games, and then it's like best best show on earth, best TV. Then in, it's in you the, suck, the, the but world. you somehow won a thirteen bunch of games. wins. We do not suck. We are kings. Justin Jefferson has taken the NFL and the world by storm. How do you quantify sucking? Because if if you say sucking is when you play a good team and you get absolutely dog-walked routinely, I would say then, yes, your team sucked. And we under suck those metrics, we the Bears games, also suck. And when we win games, we're not sucking. Right, but you were beating bad teams, barely. I don't know. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I love it. This is just some playful ribbing. Look, Luke. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about our 100 episodes together before I get into the most monumental Bears news in the history yeah. of NFL Mayo. But I I think this has been a great creative outlet. Um, we both have a passion for football. And even more than that, we love talking sports. You've mentioned routinely how you watch the morning shows and first take and the different talking heads. And then it's great to be able to talk about it with your friends and whoever else wants to tune in and listen to us. Mm -hmm. This is literally our ESPN. Like this is, this is us. This is our NFL network. Um, maybe one day we can actually bring in like real time celebrities, but we are very much football journalists now, Aiden. Like if you wanted, if you wanted to apply for a gig that was outside of what you're getting a degree for, you have a hundred episodes of a professional podcast that you can that you can put your name I, to. I'll keep that in my pocket. It's a fucking you. nice little thing, dude. It's a, it, it really is, and it's hard. Like this is hard work. Um, the podcast is one of the easiest, most accessible mediums, uh, and that's what's so cool about it. Growing, everybody can everybody can do it. But you know what I mean, like. 
is like very like they'll accept whatever as long as you pay for the RSS feed on SoundCloud. It's like it's like a hack that people don't know about, but like it's but you're but you're right. It's like more and more and now Spotify and everybody else is like it's the paid podcast and it's already becoming kind of like, you know, but regardless, that's all to say that it is easy, it is accessible, it is very awesome to be able to have this clean and crisp of a sort of diary for us, like a, a sort yeah. of autobiography for us. That's what I consider podcasts. And also like, you know, we'll have these to look back at in our in our golden years and be like, listen to us just taking all this so seriously. Because we do. This news is as important as as the real news. And I think it's also very intriguing how much the real news, quote unquote, has intersected and been reflected in the mm. NFL mm. in our time covering it. Like we started yeah. this, we started this. I mean, selfishly, we have I started a point it because, of view, right? But like selfishly, I, I started. I wanted to start the show because my dad died, diehard Vikings fan. I needed an outlet of somebody to talk to, and we had always talked football. And I thought this would be the perfect weekly, like you know, shot in the arm, and uh, and it has been, and it was. But then starting in 2020 and like we didn't have a choice but to talk about things that like, I mean, this is the NFL was put, like putting like the players stepped up and spoke about issues too. Like there's Black Lives Matter. We didn't like, know if there was going to be the collegiate league. football was... or NFL football at different points during this podcast. Right. And we, in fact, had a season without fans. We theorized the league would get shut down several times during that first year we did the show. And we were kind of at like asking for it because COVID was really fucking scary, especially when it was like brand new, like, and we cannot like discount a fuckload like, of people died. I don't feel bad. So about many any people of my died takes. and people are still super. I mean, like uh, the, the death toll is rising still, but long COVID. Right. It's it's a horrible thing. And we, and you know, that plus civil rights and stuff like that, us being based in like the cities we're in, like I'm, I'm in LA and in the thick of it. Um, it's been interesting, like these time capsules. They stormed our capital, brother. Right, like these time capsules, these uh, these hundred episodes have been like, I wouldn't have called it beforehand, and it'll be interesting to look back on it later. Like I, I made a joke to you earlier. I was just like, what I wouldn't give for us to do this show during the prosperous Clinton nineties because uh, we would just be fucking high on a hat hog, uh, high on a fat hog. We wouldn't know what concussions were. Um, you know, like uh, people would just be spearing quarterbacks in the chest. Steve Young Rub would some be dirt fucking, on it. yeah, running backwards to the wrong huddle, like crazy shit. Everything was fine. Maybe we just know too much. We're in the know too much era. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Look, we've grown and we've matured. I've been called a white knight many times by Luke. Maybe it's the fact that I got a psychology degree and I'm around a lot of uh, psychology professors and such. Maybe that's rubbed off on me. But look, I'm all player wellness now, and so I have to Me be too. consistent with my takes. Me too. So I try to maintain that consistency. I try to be as humane as possible while also maintaining my love for a very violent sport. I think in being... which I love the violent aspect of defense. I do. I, I was a defensive player, and I've always been drawn to that. Did I like those crazy tackles that we saw that were basically spearing people when we were younger? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because sure. it's like, oh, my God, what a reckless warrior. But now it's like, fuck, now we know the repercussions of doing that right. scientifically. So so it becomes kind of a cognitive dissonance thing. Um do you just put that to the back of your mind and not worry? I, I try not to do that as much as I've gotten. No, older. we can't do that. But, and I think I think being held accountable by this show is also like 
not only yeah, like we're saying our growth, this publicly. but just assisted in it. You know what I'm saying? Like also, like I think we've I think we've grown a lot because the accountability we've had to hold each other to in these issues and stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it was weird. Like it's a really weird time, and we had to like hold players accountable for things that we didn't agree with. Like Kirk, like and players not getting vaccinated. It's just been crazy. Like it, it's it's been who Kirko, who Kirko, unprecedented, unprecedented. Ring, shit. ring, 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 ring. <laughs> Dude, there was a time in our lives where Kirk was dialing one up. Yeah. Yeah. Luke, throughout this podcast, your team has taken an arc which was ascending, Mm -hmm. and it culminated in a first-round exit in the playoffs, which was super exciting for you, and I'm glad you got to that point. Um, And we'll talk about where you go from there. But now it's my time. Because my team has just been at the muddy puddle bottom of the league for three fucking years, Luke. And now it's my time. The Bears did what I finally wanted. We finally got a GM that did the smart approach to actually build a team from the ground up to rip it down at the studs and try to build from scratch. Build around the talent that you have on this roster that's young and under controlled rookie contracts. And that's Justin Fields, who we mentioned on the prior recording of the podcast. The the implications of the trade that I am about to describe mean that they have doubled down so thoroughly on Justin Fields as the starting quarterback. It is undeniable at this point. Does my heart When you also factor in the Chase Claypool acquisition at the trade deadline, which turned out to be an essential first-round pick, say whether or not you think that's an absolute fucking dumb-ass trade, which I think it is. Um, It is what it is now. You are still picking up an asset to help Justin Fields grow. They gave the game away then when they said that this trade for Chase Claypool is not necessarily for the 2022 season. It is to get ahead of the free agency class, which is supposed to be not super exciting at the wide receiver position and have growth in the offseason between Justin and Chase for 2023. They gave the game away then. What happened, Luke? On Friday evening, a terrible time heading into spring break and heading into the weekend where there's going to be less coverage, uh, so we didn't get to see the talking heads. The Carolina Panthers trade up from pick number nine. They trade this year's ninth pick, the 61st pick, which is originally the San Francisco second rounder that they got in the McCaffrey trade. Mm -hmm. Then they trade next year's 2024 first, Mm. or 2020, yeah, four first. And uh, a 2025 second. Uh, and then uh, wide receiver DJ Moore on top, who is on a very choice contract where only the first year is fully guaranteed. And the three years he's under uh, contract average out to be roughly 17 million. Like I said before, I believe that JJ is going to warrant a $30 million a year contract. So if you fact, not that I think DJ Moore and Justin Jefferson are comparable in terms of uh, their hierarchy of wide receivers in the league, the contracts very friendly for DJ Moore. And mm-hmm. we finally have a guy that is a potential number one. I wouldn't say he's a slam dunk. Number one receiver. I have always loved DJ Moore, but something I wanted to talk about Luke is the national narrative around DJ Moore being so inflated after his inclusion in this trade, whereas I don't feel that he was talked about as much when he was a Panthers quarterback. What do you, or Panthers wide receiver? What do you think? I think the media is really stoked on it. I think 
I think a lot of things you're also seeing is like Bears fans and Bears media are mad stoked on it, like mad stoked on DJ Moore. And what I think that is is a lot to do with what you're talking about. Like it's the it's the confidence in fields and people are like betting on the potential of what DJ Moore could be with a weapon like fields. And everybody has been crying for, for fields to get weapons. So he doesn't have to run so much. And, and everybody talks about what he's capable of. We've seen what he was capable of at Ohio state. We've seen him absolutely crush some throws in the NFL. We saw him go through some turnover woes in the NFL when it comes to throwing the mm. ball, but the stuff drops he drops the ball so often when he, you gets know, touched. but the things he did on, on w- with his legs alone were eye popping this season. So to combine, to combine that with able-bodied receivers, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be gross. If he can stay healthy, Make it'll no be gross. Make no mistake. DJ Moore is a, like he is a fringe number it's one guy. No, it's a he, treat. He it's, has averaged, awesome. A thousand yards a season, and if we even just sit to think the Panthers quarterbacks, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, PJ Walker, Matt Corral, maybe, like who the fuck else? You know what I mean? And then yeah. Luke, he had eight different quarterbacks at Maryland in college. Okay, and he yeah, still I mean, put up and he's the same alma mater as Mr. A Sweeten, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, yeah. 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 Sorry, I cut you off, don't but forget I, I about do want to e- give Don't forget DJ about EJ and Aaron Henderson. All right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I have been a Bears fan and watched us chase and chase and chase and give up future as- a- assets for years, bordering on 20 years now. And to finally see us do what I want, to finally see us do what I would think I would do in that position for a GM and actually tear it down and build around what little young assets I have under controlled rookie contracts to do it that way. And then to luck into the first overall pick due to Lovey Smith pulling one of the fucking most wild finishes to a season I've ever seen where the defense for the Colts almost intercepted that pass that the tight end caught for the touchdown. And then they got the two point conversion. Like, wow. For that to all go down, I'm sorry, but if I'm in, if I'm part of the the Bears front office, which seems to be a, a fresh fucking regime, I put Lovey in the Ring of Honor right now. Yeah, if, why if not? For 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 getting you that for giving you that pick. I mean, he, wanted, we, he took you guys to the Super Bowl, but we went back to his style of of team and defense with Matt Eberflus because the owners are like, that's the last time we had any semblance of of routine success. We got to go back to what we know. So like, they love Lovey, and I would I would like to have him come back on our defensive staff by any means necessary if he still wants great. to coach. He'd be perfect. So. I want to thank Lovey Smith. I want to thank Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. And here's the thing to see us do what we did this season and suffer knowing that we were still competitive and showing, um, some ascension from our youth movement as a roster is just such a great way to tank essentially. And we fucking lucked out. And now we have all these future assets, also on top of this, I think I'd be remiss not to mention that when the Indianapolis Colts lost to the Houston Texans, I said this could not be better for the Colts. Why do I say that, Luke? It's because when Houston won that game, they bumped themselves out of the number one pick and they bumped the Colts up into the top five by losing. The Colts had nothing to play for and when they did that, they guaranteed themselves a shot to trade up 
ahead of the Houston Texans, a division rival with Chicago and pick a quarterback ahead of them. Right. If you don't do that, you're guaranteed at least the second worst quarterback or the fourth potentially at worst because you're picking it for so when the Colts don't trade up and they allow Carolina to jump all to get to number one you're guaranteeing yourselves essentially the third best and that's if you trade up with with the Cardinals because the Cardinals are going to trade out I think it's going to be potentially four quarterbacks go in the top four picks um I think CJ is is like the odds on for Carolina with how Frank Reich likes his quarterbacks I think Houston would be hard pressed not to take either CJ or Stroud I think someone trades up for Richardson at that point at three and then I think you're sitting there as the Colts organization and we think do we take Will Levis who I think sucks or do we take Will Anderson and punt on this year and sign a, a veteran? Like you keep doing every year and then lose a chunk of your fan base who's out on it. I think that was so poorly played by the Colts. I think that was absolute garbage and they should be reprimanded because Ursay's going to get all fucking hopped up on media tour and talk about how he loves Bryce Young. And then you're going to let your lame duck GM not make the move he has to to save his job. Wild. I mean, there's still so much time before the draft, too. Like, you guys made this move early. I wouldn't be surprised if something happens. Um, maybe they want to go get Lamar. Maybe the Colts want to get Lamar Thank Jackson. Thank you. That's what I was yeah. about to transition to, yeah. but I want to yeah. give you your time, too. No, I mean, I mean that would be fucking phenomenal. I, w- I think anybody with a pulse and any money at all... Let's talk about it, dude. ...in the Lamar sweepstakes. Like, the fact that Lamar is sitting and then teams are publicly out on Lamar, like, like minutes hours after he gets the non-exclusive tag is so fucking wild. And can I explain and the non-exclusive just for the layman? Please. Yeah. So there's two different types of, of franchise tags. The French, the exclusive player franchise tag pays you the, an average of the top five contracts at your respective position, which becomes an argument sometimes with like a tight end, say who plays wide receiver roles, like because of like differing salaries that becomes its own issue. But you have that one and it guarantees a full contract for one year and the team retains control of the player. The non-exclusive franchise tag means that any other team in the league as soon as the new league year starts, which for us is Wednesday, tampering period starts Monday. As soon as the new league year starts, every other team in the league can negotiate a contract with said player on the non-exclusive franchise tag. And then if they agree to a contract, the team has the ability to match the contract and retain the player, the team who issues the tag, or they receive two first round picks from the team who signs the player, the other team. And the price of the non-exclusive franchise tag is less. So Lamar's non-exclusive franchise tag, Luke, is only guaranteeing him like mid-30s in the million for next year if he has to stay in Baltimore, which is a fucking hysterical, laughable contract for him. Well, when you look at, like, obviously he wants... I mean, I don't know what what he wants, but if, if, if Deshaun's making 240 guaranteed in his own division, it's a slap in the face to not get it if you're Lamar. And I agree, but that's not what the owners want because they need to have some semblance of keeping stuff in place. And the owners were mad yes. that that the Browns uh, brass did that. They, they were not happy because they don't want to have to be tied to the same unprecedented contracts. And I think that's why the Ravens aren't doing it. The Ravens have never been built that way. 
and they don't want to start and they don't want to they don't want to contribute to the precedent is my my take from it. Stephen A. Smith had Lamar Jackson's camp texting him live on first take the other day saying and, and you know it's and and like he's like Stephen A said it could they could be lying but here's what they said like that Lamar has only been offered 130 guaranteed. I, I mean that's less than Kyler, that's less than Aaron Rodgers, that's less than like I mean, certainly less of than Deshaun Deshaun's. Watson in his own division. And he is a you know what I mean? provably better quarterback than Deshaun MVP. Watson. Like fucking like I just I don't know. And I and you know, I know Lamar's only got one playoff win, right? Sure. Okay. But I don't know. Like I I weren't these are the same Ravens that I understand Flacco won that Super Bowl and had a god tier Joe Montana playoffs and Super Bowl run. He did. But he had that a great was like too. when that happened, he got that like hundred million dollar bag, didn't he? And that was nuts. Everybody was like, "What yeah. the fuck?" And so you do. I just don't get it. Like I, I, I do it get is it, but disrespectful. I don't. You want me to break down the game for everybody? There has been rampant speculation about league wide collusion because of the response from all these teams and how quickly they came out and said they weren't interested. I'm going to break it down exactly how I think it happened. I don't even think that, that the owners had to say a word to each other. I think that there was just uni- universal agreement that there was a young African-American quarterback who was represented by family as opposed to an agent who had an injury that he may or may not have been able to play through in a playoff game, which he chose not to last year or didn't because it was injury. We don't know. And he is perceived to be an option quarterback who is a runner predominantly, which carries inherent risk. And he's won MVPs. They like they see these uh, all of these uh, factors coming into play all at once, and all of them just unanimously said no. And I think it's absolute fucking bullshit. And I think if you're the Colts, you call up Lamar Jackson's mom, who's his representative currently, or Lamar Jackson, and say. Can I fly you somewhere, anywhere in the world, and meet you and offer you a fucking Brinks truck? And let's get you in here and let's front load it it. and take you away from Baltimore and pair you up with a great young running back in Jonathan Taylor. And let's get going. I wish the Vikings would call him up. I don't understand why. I don't understand why the fucking Raiders don't call him up. I don't understand why the fucking Patriots don't call him up. I don't understand why. Would you rather take Will Levis at number four and watch him suck for three years until you move on? Or would you rather trade this year's first and next year's first and get Lamar Jackson? Jackson, Yes, you have to pay him. We have people, we have people fucking making, making fucking thirst videos and burning cheese heads in front of Aaron Rodgers house just to get while he's just actively so can, doing just so they psychedelics. can take on his contract. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And, and you, by the way, if you like, burn, no, not Lamar. If you burn styrofoam or polyethylene foam or whatever, that's toxic. That's not yeah, great. It's not good guys. Now just sauce so you know. Gardner just fucked his lungs up. Sauce Gardner is hilarious. I Garrett like Wilson's fucking going to be coughing, coughing up fucking fumes. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to put like hot rocks on their back and fucking have them cough it out. Acupuncture. Yeah, (laughs) dude. Here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, well, real quick, I want to finish up Lamar. Um, a lot of the narrative around Lamar is that he's not the great passer. I want to quickly point out that the Ravens absolutely did dog shit to surround him with talent. You can talk about Mark Andrews being a top five tight end. I'm not even sure if Mark Andrews is a top five tight end without Lamar Jackson. Keep that in mind. He draws in a defense due to his legs, running threat, 
and he can pop it over the top to a tight end leaking out. On top of that, you get one first-round wide receiver who has to go out and bash the GM when the GM's bashing the wide Thank receivers you. over the last I, like, four years. I wanted years. to cover that. Like, and Rashad Bateman. So, like, you're not only going to not surround Lamar with talent ever, you're going to fucking publicly go after your own roster and dog on him. And he does everything for you. He accounts for the entirety of your offense. Like... It's so disrespectful. At this point, I don't think Lamar Jackson in his right mind would ever want to step on the field in a Baltimore Ravens uniform. You don't take a penny less guaranteed than Deshaun Watson, who is a division rival quarterback at this point and had over 20 sexual assault allegations and teams fawned over him. And hadn't played in years. The same team, the same teams that could have gotten Deshaun Watson and didn't are the same teams who could be in play for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, who they say can't throw, had a top five QBR in his MVP season. And I have the stats right here. He had 36 touchdowns and six picks. Oh he gosh. had, dude, his he had 3,127 passing yards. Not amazing, but he also ran for like 1,200 and a bunch of yeah, touchdowns. There it is. There so it is. like, he won MVP... And he was incredible, and he doesn't have a bunch of wide receivers. It's the same shit we're saying about Justin Fields. And in Justin Fields' second year, the absolute first chance that Ryan Poles got to start making acquisitions to help him, he fucking did it. And they're doing absolute disrespect to Lamar Jackson. And if you're Atlanta, and if you're fucking the Raiders, and if you're the Colts, and you're not going to even think about talking to him about what he wants, then fuck you, man. Like, uh, Commanders paid God knows what for Carson Wentz last year. Like, it's just weird. So, I understand maybe not 240, but you got to give a number that he wants. Like, just ask him the number he wants. I don't get it. Ask him. Just sit down with him. I I don't understand it because it's like... You don't even want the the chance to fuck over the Ravens? Like, why not? Clearly, the Ravens want to be the defense. That's what they're built on. That's always been them. And they they don't need Lamar at quarterback, I guess. If maybe that's what they want to do. I don't know. I don't get it. I think it's bizarre. I have to assume that the fans want Lamar back. I wish somebody I wish a figure like Ray Lewis or something would come out and say something about it publicly. Like that would fucking speak volumes. Um yeah. but whatever. I mean, like, it's not their issue and, and I and it's fine. At the end of the day it's fine. Lamar is gonna get paid. Uh is it, that's inevitable. And I just hope that I just hope that it's like somewhere he can thrive in an organization that wants to build around his talent because like it would be such a waste. We would be we would be cheated as fans to not see Lamar like surrounded with actual talent. You can load up for block for Give Brock Purdy, shot. but you can't fucking I just don't get it. Like teams I don't know. Yeah, why not? Why not San Francisco? Their pick is at the end of the draft. I don't know, man. Any team. Any team with a pulse. I guess not the Jets. And, uh, and you know what Rogers said today? What? Rogers, Rogers said with a smile he's like, he, he, that he was going to make his decision pretty soon. Okay, let's get into Aaron Rodgers. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah, he said that to Brandon Marshall. I just I did see that on social media. Here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. We say these things, and the narratives get floated around about Lamar Jackson. And then on the opposite end, you have an oldest dirt quarterback, also who has won MVP, who – has held his team hostage for three seasons now. The ubiquitous and 
persistent nature of Aaron Rodgers holding his team hostage in the offseason has been a through line for NFL Mayo's 100 episodes. We've had that happen every Not year. Not at the beginning, though, but at the beginning really? we were like, Rodgers was still like peak oh, MVP Rodgers sure? at the beginning of the show. Time oh, capsule. Funny. Like I remember early on in the show saying that I would drink his blood. Like I was so on his train. I was like, this okay, is my well, guy. for most of it, then. Him. I respected um, him. You know what I mean? I was like, I was I like, this is him. this guy has built respect with me. I used to hate him, but I'm like, I've gone against him so much that I kind of love him. It happened with Favre, and then Favre has gone down a big slope the last couple of years. <laughs> you but, know this Soldier um, Boy uh, clip where he's like, he copied my whole flow, Drake from Bar. That's yeah. that's literally going to be Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. So here's the thing: I don't know how you can have a guy like Josh Gordon out of the league hot swapping in and out of the league for smoking weed and then have Aaron Rodgers doing ayahuasca and whatever the fuck else he was doing in his darkness retreat. And then now he's like a keynote speaker at the fucking mushroom festival, like in like Colorado or some shit this weekend. Um, I don't get it, man. Whatever. If you needed four days in total silence and darkness to know if you were like wanting to play uh, football in the future and then you come out and still don't know, is that a guy you want to take sixty million dollar year contract for? I don't. I don't know, man. Apparently, I won't knock. I won't knock anybody's like process. I, I'm. I. I think it's I bizarre and it sounds weird to us. But I think like I think. I think like just talking about all these things you're gonna do, just knowing it's gonna get a reaction, is the annoying part to me. I don't know. Like 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 whatever. Go in and do the darkness, but like. I've just been really annoyed by, and that's something that's happened in the hundred episodes too, is just like more and more athletes have podcasts, appear on podcasts. It's not like the straight up media, like interviews them at their locker anymore. And so like for better, I mean, Brady has a show like, so for better or worse, we were getting like insider information and getting to know parts of the personalities of these people that we, maybe we didn't want to, because I'm annoyed. Like I'm annoyed. He's very annoyed. And I don't. You know what I mean, and, and and I didn't want that. I just think he's so he's fucking insufferable lately. He is insufferable. Taking such yes. a such a walk. And look, we're at the point where it's speculated that it's basically the Jets are bust. The like, the brass for the Packers has let it slip that like ideally Rodgers is not on our team next year. Um, they are out on Rogers. I understand they're going to go ahead and roll with luck and see what happens. So we're going to see, it seems yeah, with love. Sorry. We're going to see, it seems that there's potentially already a deal ironed out for trade compensation. And they're just waiting to see if Aaron wants to play football for the jets next year. I think it's ridiculous. Um, I wanted to ask, what do you think the compensation in that kind of trade would be? And do you think that Zach Wilson would be included in that compensation? I think he should be because um, that's what I would do on Madden because stats <laughs> are what, like, you know what I mean? Like uh, overalls that's what and, I would do and, on like, Madden. and stats and stuff. That's what matters. But in real life, that's a useless, a useless thing for them to have a Zach Wilson in their quarterback room. <laughs> no, yeah. And does that damage the psyche of Jordan love? I don't think it damages the psyche. I think it just like fucks around the, the chemistry. Like, you know what I'm saying? Dolphins just traded for Jalen Ramsey. Fuck. Rams oh, get a 2023 third round pick in tight end Hunter Long. That's not even very much. No. Well, he, uh, he's a lot of moolah. Herring just broke that news via per- Adam Schefter, just so everybody knows. I got to credit the source. Peru Adam Herring. Schefter, T. Herring. Per source. Per source. A wow, 2023 dude, third, Luke. 
That's really frustrating. Uh, I was hoping the Vikings would go get Jalen. We can't afford him right now. Oh my god! The Dolphins got rid of. Uh, oh god, what's his name? Byron. Uh, I forgot his last. Byron Jones, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. Who just went to social media and said, "Don't trust the NFL doctors. I can't run or jump anymore." Wow. And they got rid of him, and now they're just like, "Okay, let's get another cornerback." They also picked up to his fifth year, and he's taking jujitsu. <laughs> Do you know that now? Yeah, we now talked about jiu-jitsu. that on the pod. Yeah, but I think you said I thought you said judo before. It was judo at first when I saw. But now but it's jujitsu. Jujitsu is similar, but there's striking involved. Fall gracefully to I'm rooting for you, buddy. That is breaking news. That's exciting. Let's talk. Let's finish up Aaron Rodgers real quick. Um, I think he's insufferable, as you said. And I think if he goes to the Jets, I don't even know if he... Do you think he moves the absolute needle for that team? And, oh, I forgot to say, what do you think picks-wise? Like, whether or not Zach Wilson's included, do you even think he warrants a first-rounder? Uh, yeah. Dude, here's the thing. I think so. A motivated Aaron Rodgers going to a team with the rookie of the year on both sides of the ball... (laughs) And like stuff like that, like, yeah, man, yeah, man. I think it, I think Salah's a cool coach. I think that Rodgers would crush there. I think he warrants a first round pick because it's Aaron Rodgers. I, yeah, I do, and I think that the Packers are gonna, you know, maybe play a little bit of hardball. Like they. Oh no, they I haven't. don't think so. I think the Packers are like giving the game away, and all of their motivation has been just thrown out, or not motivation. All of their. Um, uh, what the fuck am I looking for in a trade? You know what I mean? Their power. You know what I mean? You they know, like, they don't have any power because they gave the game away. They said they don't want Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter that the Jets are acting like acting like kids with birthday money in their pocket, dude. Like they yeah. just want to spend it. They don't care if it's. They don't care if they spend ten dollars on fucking ten packs of gum. They want to spend the money. So like they, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they want burning food. a hole. Oh man, they want and the, they did. The, cre- they just created by restructuring three players' contracts just enough space to take on Aaron for this next season. It looks right. like it's pretty much a slam dunk. And the rest of the roster is like kids. So, I mean, you think they I, win I, that division next year if they have Aaron Rodgers? Just like off of a initial observation, what do you think? If Rodgers is completely healthy and and decides. You think they're better work, than the Bills? To work in the offseason with these guys, I think Rodgers – I would take Rodgers over Josh Allen. I would take Rodgers over um, – McCorkle? Definitely over McCorkle, even though I'm a fan. And what is it, Tua? Um, yeah, uh, I think you could argue that Aaron is a better quarterback than all other three quarterbacks in the division. So as much as I hate him, it'll be great to have him out. Um, if I'm being honest, and I'm just basically doing a bit of projection here, the Lions appear to be in the best position roster-wise going forward <laughs> in the NFC North, especially when you consider the fact that they have two first-round picks this year. However, one could argue that Jared Goff is a pretty medium-floor, medium-ceiling QB who's cost a lot of money, and he's not their future guy long-term. Then you consider how the Vikings are having to purge their roster right now with an expensive aging quarterback. And then you consider Jordan Love never being proven in any capacity and them losing a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. You could argue that the Bears may be the most optimistic looking team 
after this trade going forward. Um, I would say it still might be the Lions, but I think the Bears are a very they're in a great position for projection. Um, talk to me about the Vikings roster going forward with free agency looming tomorrow, and talk to me about these fan favorites that you've had to lose because they deserve I, to have a little bit talked about them. I just want to make sure you clearly know. I think like in terms of like this next season, you're like have the third best potential in the NFC North as a bear, as the bears do. In my opinion, I think that the actually, lions are, I actually I the lions don't agree one, with that whatsoever. I think the Vikings are two. And I think the bears are third and the Packers. I are think, fucked. I think that's funny. I think categorically you're wrong. Um, okay, we'll see. I think the bears have potential to compete for playoffs, but I do think tomorrow will, or not tomorrow next year will be another one of those transitionary years where yeah. we were going to go into that next off season with two first round picks. Keep that in mind, buddy. Um, that's the Marvin Harrison off season when we pick him mm-hmm. up, but the Vikings look like they're on a precipitous decline in the near future, unless they make a move for precipitous. No, it's a, say, so- it's say, a soft rebuild. It's a we'll soft s- rebuild. Well, okay, so let me ask you this. Would you rather do what the Bears did, or would you rather go get a guy like Lamar Jackson, if you, if it's even possible, or would you rather do a soft rebuild and keep Kirk for another two to three years and keep and pay the fuck out of JJ and be middle? What do you think? What's what's What do you want to do going forward? I don't mind. I mean, I'm a fan of Kirk, so um, I've seen what Kirk can do when he's given – any sort of confidence and any sort of protection. And he still was getting walloped last year. So if that's the route and we build up the offensive line a little more and pay JJ, that's fine. We have to pay JJ and we have to pay Hawkinson. Um, and they're going to be huge weapons moving forward. Dalvin would probably go bye-bye. Thielen's already gone. KJ um, is ascending. I do think KJ is a solid wide receiver. KJ is awesome. I'm telling you, I think like, he's a wide receiver and- three. And don't underestimate Hawkinson, my man. Like that was such I, a big dude. I've been us. saying I like Hawkinson. No, I know, but I'm just saying like it, it just can't, it, people they see JJ and they should. He's a fucking god. But Hawkinson's really sweet. So yeah, I, I I would be fine with that. I would really really enjoy seeing Lamar <laughs> come to the Vikings, and I know nobody would ever project that. Um, and I don't know if it's even possible with all the money we have to pass around. And we owe Kirk and stuff, but that if would be you just could such a, negotiate a trade, such a vote of confidence in the young talent we have, and yeah. you'd be pairing one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best talents at QB in the entire league, with arguably the best talent at wide receiver in the league. It would just be, yep. it would sing, like you know what I mean. It would be amazing, but that's that's talking mad and it's not realistic. I think sticking with Kirk another season is probably what's going to happen. I got you. So. I want real quick. I do want you to talk about some of these guys like Kendricks, who's gone, and Thielen, because I do think they're great players, uh, great um, advocates. Fuck, I'm I'm sucking on my words right now. No, just two players that played their whole career. In, uh, yeah, in they're they're great. Like, they're I mean? great uh, Minnesota Vikings. But I mm-hmm. also do want to mention that a quick look at your guys' cap situation, and you guys have to be compliant by next week. It looks like you're gonna have to shed one more, unless you do like a couple restructures. And the speculation has been a guy like Harrison or a guy like Dalvin. Um, of those two, who do you think you would rather keep? Harrison Smith. Uh, Del- Over Dalvin? Absolutely. Dalvin Cook's awesome, and he's been consistently solid to above solid this whole time. Like, great back. Like, he, he'll he'll go over 1,000 yards. He's, he's a receiver. 
He's not healthy all the time is the yeah. big thing. He, he has His had shoulders some been fucked for issues. like three years. He's finally getting like surgery on it. He's been wearing a harness and shit. Like, and it's just the league is not devoid of solid running backs because it's not not the way teams are built. The Vikings were were old timey when we were built around Peterson already, and that was a long time ago. So. Um, I think that we could totally serve to to let Dalvin go to greener pastures. I think keeping Harrison Smith with Brian fucking Flores as our D coordinator is a, a thing you do for the yeah. leadership, for argument. for his talent, for the way that for the way that Flores sends safeties on blitzes at the quarterback. Harrison's built for that shit. Like he's gonna hover I, around the line of scrimmage, and and I think seeing healthy with like next to him, it's gonna be good. So I. I'm fine with that, and I think we'll draft okay, even though we're a little lo- like low on picks because of Hawkinson. Um, Kendricks leaving hurts. I mean, like Kendricks was an awesome Viking, amazing highlights. One of our like only All Pro linebackers in a very. I still long remember time. talking to you about him when you drafted him. Mm-hmm. I still and remember I be- saying he's going to be great. I I was bummed when Barr left last year too. Like I mean, they were both. Those are some some Bruin teammates. Um, I really, I really dug him, and my dad was a big fan. I was a big fan, and to spend your whole career like, I mean, I think it's like eight seasons, like I mean, six seasons, eight, something like that. It's been a minute, long time. I remember, I remember seeing him like pick six some fucking like for touchdowns and stuff when I was like at Salty's watching the game and stuff when I was in college. Like, I love Kendricks, and even when there wasn't a lot to cheer about, he was, um, he made he made it fun to be a fan. Like, I mean, o- only Pro Bowl linebacker we've had in a very long time. Yeah, really great um, off the ball linebacker. And then Adam Thielen is an American success story. Adam Thielen is one of the greatest Vikings of all time in my opinion. He's everything. He's he's everything, man. To to play at to play at Minnesota State D- Division 1 double triple A whatever the fuck, like the school that the Vikings had training camp at for like 60 years. You know what I mean? I was attending the training camps at the, at those times. And I, I remember when Thielen came in undrafted and I was like, this kid has fire. He's really cool. What a cool story. And it, it's so, so difficult to go undrafted to make it onto a, to make it onto a fucking team's roster at receiver for Thielen to be this guy who's blocking punts and running them for touchdowns and shit on special teams. You know what I mean? To then to then break into the starting lineup and then at one point become one of the premier wide receivers in the league. Like Yeah, one of the best slot guys too. Him and him and Diggs was fucked up. Like it was just so good. Like that's an American success story. That is that is that is what it is all about. That is what fucking the NFL is all about like Dude. somebody going from Adam Thielen's guaranteed to give you some highlight real sideline catch nasty at some nothing point to during something. the season him and dig like him and Diggs and him and Jefferson became like Carter and Moss like it was fucking beautiful and I I wish him nothing but the best I could honestly see I could honestly see the Bears scooping him up and giving and giving Fields another weapon you have money to spend look why um, not you know why I think Thielen doesn't have the legs to stretch a defense at any point now in his career he have and to. I think that He's was going shown. underneath and you but have what DJ is he... and Chase stretching exactly what is he good at separation incredible route running uh body contortion ability 
where he pirouettes on the sideline. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, he's got the brains. And you bring him in with a group of t- mid-25, like around 25-year-olds across the board between Claypool Mooney and uh, DJ Moore, and he can give them a little bit extra, a little extra boost in the classroom, a little extra on the sideline for what Work he ethic. sees. And then you like, get him in there for a spell where a guy needs to come out or you get him in there for a package in the red zone. And yeah, I could see it. Hand him a $10 million one year contract. Why not? I can one see One of my it. favorites, man. Number 19, that's a player right? That, huh? Was he number 19? I forget. Yeah. That's yeah. a player that my dad had a Jersey. I have a Jersey. My mom has a Jersey. Like that is a fan favorite. Just like I mean, oh my God! Pull like, a Jared but, Allen. Come I mean, to come to the Bears for a year. Get a get a. That's cash what check. I see happening. That's what I see happening. We have I money. Can see it. Yeah, that's why. He'd be also really good for the Patriots or Steelers. We won't have room though after we uh, draft Jackson Smith and Jigba at number nine, Luke. I still think having Thielen in your room would be great. Also, Miami for Thielen would be great. Go play number three. Jalen Ramsey just got traded there. Holy shit. I'm so bummed. Dude, the Rams are about to trade so many of their players. So, yeah, I'm 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 really sad about Thielen. The Vikings also waived Cam Dantzler, who I will bang the fucking drum for this Why year. Why would you so do that? By. I don't know. He's still under know. rookie contract. <sighs> I I really And you really don't have talent this year. at at, no. at the corner position. In Flores I trust. Okay. So, we'll see. Dantzler must be some kind of an issue off the field. That has to be no, it, right? No, I'm not saying no. like bad. I'm just saying like he must be like locker room wise. He must have rubbed someone the wrong way. Why else would you do that? Like literally, maybe he's they're high actually on a Caleb Evans. I don't know. You do, but like you don't have to cut someone right now. I know you can carry extra bodies on your roster going forward. I thought these were all moves to go get Jalen Ramsey. So I'm in a weird spot right now, and we're gonna have to see what we do. <laughs> Damn. Quessy seems to be in the interviews that I've saw uh, that I've witnessed. He seems to be very analytical and he describes these processes. And I wonder if analytics and I wonder if he lacks the human component in negotiation needed to facilitate some of these deals in the buddy, buddy system of the league, because he's, he talks about like the way he speaks is like, I've run the scenarios. I got the beakers in the lab and I'm like, yeah, buddy, but you got to finesse people. Sometimes you got to butter people up. That's what KOC is for. I think Kevin's like, I think players coaches aren't the ones negotiating trades. I know, but I think, but I think that's like what helps grease wheels though, because like in terms of the people that we've had working with them just in this, they've only had one year. You know what I'm saying? This is their first real off season. If you think about it, um, where they get to like fully, 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 I get it. Well, the thing that's upsetting but, is the Vikings are in this cap situation, and they do have a they yeah, do have a lot of talent on the roster. But the problem is, you also don't have a lot of draft picks. I think you have like five draft picks, and then you're yeah. you're missing a lot of your premium draft picks, other than your mid to late first. So it's just going to be a difficult off season, um, and that's the main reason why I'm so optimistic for the Lions and the Bears because they that. have the Lions a are. lot of money. And a lot of draft capital. And Lions the Lions good. sitting at six, if one of those I'm QBs scared. falls, they could just take him. They could just take him and sit him behind Goff, which would be incredible. We fucked up so bad by letting them get that Jamison Williams last year, too. Yeah, like, and he did stupid. nothing last year. He's about we're to so blow stupid. up this year. I yeah. know. You I let, hate it. You let the Lions get him, and then you let the <laughs> Packers get Christian Watson. Uh, 
who's the other great deep threat in last year's draft. And that was, and then you reached on dudes. And I said it at the time. I think your GM sucks at drafting. So we'll see what happens this Uh, year. I'm excited for the draft. Huh? I'm excited for the draft. I'm always excited. Luke, what else do we want to talk about before we get out of here? This is our Uh, 100th episode. We need to eulogize Bud Grant. Um, Speaking of Vikings legends. Um, to say Thielen is the Minnesota Vikings is a microcosm, uh, like, you know what I mean? Compared to like Bud Grant, like, uh, Kwesi, Kevin O'Connell, the Wilfs put out great statements about, about Bud Grant and there's nobody more, m- more Minnesota. There's nobody more Minnesota sports. There's nobody more Vikings. I grew up knowing who Bud Grant was, um, since, since childhood because of where he fit in the lore of the team. I mean, to this, to the, to his dying day had an office in the facility um, like Bud Grant would be in there. Like Kevin O'Connell got to go in and just shoot the shit with him. Every coach has gotten that. Like every facility we've had, Bud Grant has had an office since the fucking sixties. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, you know, maybe there's a time in the middle where he didn't, but like he's been, you know, 95 year old guy still coming into work. He would have these amazing yard sales. Like that would be like, he would just be selling the coolest fucking memorabilia, this is a dude like that that would just give you a cool story and sell you hunting shit that he used to do. Like Damn, this, this is just cool. a fucking man. And and you know, this is a dude who played for the fucking Minnesota Gophers, you know, played basketball for the Minneapolis Lakers. You know what I mean? Played football in the NFL. One part of the one Grey Cups and part of the Hall of Fame in the CFL as a head coach. Went to four Super Bowls in a decade and part of the Hall of NFL Hall of Fame as a head coach in the Vikings Ring of Honor. Fucking came back and helped the Vikings coached in a stint uh, in the in like the 80s as well. Like just like, stepped in for a year or two to help sm- smooth out a transition. Like the best. Ice cold. I remember like most recently like when we were in that playoff game. I mean it's probably like five, six years ago at this point. But it was like against the Seahawks. We were outside and it was like wind chill of like negative 20. And Bud comes out Short in a polo sleeves. for the coin toss. You know what I mean? And it's like and that's how it was. Bud Grant's the guy on the sideline wearing a light jacket when they're sweeping fucking two feet of snow with brooms yeah, off the Vikings field guy. at Metropolitan Stadium. You know what I mean? Like, just a badass. It, it's, it hurts. And at least he didn't die young. You know what I mean? Like, we've, he's been around and got to, to really feel all the love and respect that he, that he deserved. And he's very cherished within the organization and within NFL history as well as, fuck, NBA history and CFL history too. The fact that like, the fact that he just got around like that is crazy. Yeah, um, a real football and, it, guy. and it bums me it's out. I'm really see, sad about it. I hope the Vikings wear. I hope they wear a patch this season, a big old Bud Grant patch on their jersey. I think it'd be really foolish not to. Not a helmet sticker, a fucking patch, a breast patch, big, it says Bud on it. <laughs> big. Everybody gets fucking short, fucking flat tops, cool ass white hair. I like fucking it. drafted Fran Tarkenton. So before we get out of here, uh, we have also NFL. one more thing. One more thing. Also gave opportunities way ahead of his time. Also gave opportunities to like a lot of like diversity in the NFL. Like the the purple people leaders, Carl Eller, Alan Page, Jim Marshall. I mean. Gary Larson too, but he's white. Those three dudes, those first three dudes, those are black dudes that are NFL fucking history. And those were given, given opportunities in the sixties. You know what I'm saying? And not that that was unprecedented, but Bud didn't, you know I mean? Like in Minnesota, 
a guy up in the north, he didn't see it that way. You know what I mean? He gave opportunities to a lot of different people, and that's a big deal, too. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, well said. Um, we have free agency on the near horizon. Tampering starts tomorrow. <clears throat> a few predictions I have for the Bears. I think that we're out of the gate. Going to sign Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle, for former Golden Domer right tackle. Yeah, Notre Dame. Uh, left tackle at Notre Dame, but right tackle currently for the 49ers. Then I think we're also going to sign Draymond Jones, former Buckeye, who I love as a three technique uh, from the Broncos. And I also think we're going to sign Bobby Okereke, linebacker for the Colts. I think those are going to be three quick moves that we agreed to. Um, I'm excited to see what news breaks. I wouldn't be surprised if the Aaron Rodgers news breaks today at some point. Uh, So we have a lot to talk about next week. Thank you for anybody who's been listening to us. This has been an awesome journey to 100 episodes. I want to thank my co-host and best friend, Lucas Taylor. Mm. Uh, I love you, buddy. That's it. Love you too, man. That's really kind of you. Thank you for doing this. This is really fun. And like like I said, it takes commitment too. Like um, it's really, really fun, but it's also like, Put a lot of effort, guys, so pat us on the fucking back, because if you don't, Give I will. Give us some fucking credit. Yeah, please. Like, Give us a like know. and a subscribe, and click the notification bell, okay? Can you just do anything for us after everything we've done for you? Can I get a fucking sponsor? You know how many I products I consume on a daily basis? I'm a, we just have to I'm ask, a peak consumer. <laughs> we need more clicks. Click on us. All right, we love you guys. There's going to be a lot to talk about. The Bears are ascending. We just traded the number one pick. I talked about that, right? Was that cut, or did we go back and cover it? You talk, we t- we've, we've talked about it a lot. Okay, good. Just just wanted to make sure, because I talked about it for like 20 whole minutes, and then we lost yes, the Yes, the first time. <laughs> I okay. really ran me out of gas. I was like, I don't know if we can do this again. We recaptured for the magic. And it fell mayo for the 100th time. I've been Aiden. I've been Luke. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. NFL.